Welcome to Night Shift, Episode 5. My name is Mike Stubbs, along with Kyle Grimard. You can find us on social media. You can find Kyle on Twitter, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. And you can find me at Stubbs980. Kyle does a whole lot of hockey talk, a whole lot of country music talk, because you can certainly look up Second Thoughts Podcast and Kyle's thoughts on the National Hockey League and another season that is underway. Today, we will look back at a 7-2 loss by the Knights in Owen Sound. It brought the season debut of Logan Mayu. It brought the career debut of Zach Bowen. And we'll figure out what we learned heading into a home-and-home home with Saginaw. I'm wondering if there is maybe a little bit of magic in that old hat of the Saginaw spirit. We're going to go back in time to some stories of playoff series between the London Knights and the Saginaw spirit from 2009 from 2012 and 2013. Each of those series had a thing happen. And I'm wondering if maybe a home and home with the Saginaw spirit might bring that kind of magic again for the London Knights. Kyle, things are going well? Yeah, things are going well. It's uh, it's fun to have OHL hockey midway through the week. We're so used to having the week not off, but leading into the Friday, Saturday, and or Sunday that normally happens. So to get a game on a Wednesday is definitely different. Uh, the first, I guess, midweek game of the season for the London Knights. But all's good on my end. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm, I'm excited to hear stories about some of the players you're talking about and also like some of the magic and, and, and reliving and kind of relaying what's happened in the past as to how something could like that happen in the future. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about that, but let's quickly touch on it because there are some, some positives and some uh, notes to take away last night. You know, the Knights, there was a lot of scoring early on last night. And eventually the Knights were just playing catch up, eventually losing 72 to the uh, Owen sound attack. Landon Sam got the monkey off his back, got his first of the season. Logan Mayu first game this season with the Knights on the back end uh, Stubbs, you called the game on 980. Uh, what can you take away from, from Logan last night? Well, Logan last night had an assist. Logan last night showed the dimension that he's going to bring to the power play. And here's a strange story that you can look up. You can look up a guy named Master Pan. And Master Pan is a guy who trained Bruce Lee. And he would walk around with this little chalkboard and he would punch it with one of his hands. And he would punch it, and he would punch it, and he would punch it. And one of his hands had all of these calluses built up on his knuckles. And the other hand had nothing like that. And he taught martial arts, and he treated one hand like iron, one hand like silk. And I wonder if we're going to see that in the London Knights power play, because the way that they set it up last night, they had a net front presence, they had two players on the half boards, and then you had Sam Dickinson at the right point, who's a left shot, and you had Logan Mayu at the left point, who's a right shot. And Sam Dickinson has this ability, like we talked about in the last episode, to get pucks through. And he can do it. He can he can shoot hard, but he will often just use a wrist shot to get a puck on net. And it's almost like this silky shot that gets through. And then you've got the iron of Logan Mayu, who can absolutely pound pucks at the net. And last night when George Diaco scored on a power play on a rebound, that's exactly what happened. You had this shot that Nick Chenard stopped 
Logan Mayu put it on net, put a hard shot there, but it went off his chest protector, and George Diaco's right there to find it and put it in. And I wonder if we're going to get the master pan London Knights power play. This part iron, this part silk from Sam Dickinson and Logan Mayu. That's what it felt like. Logan, as far as his overall play, let's face it, he did well. He was rushing the puck up the ice, showing a lot of the dimensions that he brings, but you still have to get to that that thinking and not having played games for a little while was something we actually talked to him about before the game. The fact that he has to go back to last spring before he was in a game situation. And we asked him how ready he was going into his first game situation in months, you know, in South. Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, obviously you can't, uh, can't compare anything to a game practice, no matter what you do off ice on ice, like being in game shape, there's nothing, nothing like it. So uh, I think I'm kind of ready here, though. Like, I've been working really hard off the ice and then uh, just practicing hard on the ice. So, I mean, it's been a long time now, but uh, I definitely think I'm ready to go. So he plays his first game last night, and now Logan Mayu is set to continue on. The Knights didn't have Isaiah George, who took one shift against Hamilton and then was forced to leave the game. They also had Connor Federkow, who left the game in the second period and did not return. So those are two injury concerns on the London Knights' back end. But that's where that depth comes from. If you've got nine or eight defensemen, it isn't long before you need nine or eight defensemen no and, and the timing works out well of course with with george still being um you know out of the lineup and now fetter cow and all of a sudden you insert a guy in, in logan mayu and you've got other guys in the system ready to step in and fill a void oliver bonk has been a huge plus on that back end as well of course adding dickinson ethan mckinnon so there are a lot of names thankfully which is really great another name that is new to the london knights this year is the goaltending department, and of course, we all know Brett Brochu, starting goaltender, but Zach Bowen, who is a draft pick in his rookie year this year, got his first taste of the Ontario Hockey League. He went in last night, and from what you took away from it, looked pretty good in net. Did he ever? And what a situation. I mean, people are going to wonder, they're going to see the score, and they're going to say, what happened? Losing 7-2 to the Owen Sound attack. Well... Here's kind of what it was like. We got to Owen Sound, and you heard on the forecast as we kind of pulled into the parking lot, five to ten centimeters of snow was expected. And Owen Sound came out in their white uniforms, and it was almost like trying to catch snowflakes in this game, where they did a really good job moving around in the offensive zone, creating some two-on-ones at the net at times. And they're an excellent team. And I think we lose sight of that because they really didn't get the love that they deserved from a lot of the predictions at the start of the season. But Colby Barlow has really started to heat up. He had another goal last night, and it came off the Bayshore bounce. The Harry Lumley Bayshore Community Center is famous for its Bayshore bounce, yep. where if you fire a puck off the end boards, it's going to bounce. And Nolan Seed of Owen Sound put a puck wide, and Colby Barlow banged it out of the air on the backhand. This is how skilled he is. And it was, it was just you know, it was reaching out and, and trying to grab those snowflakes. And Owen Sound, like you said, Kyle, got up early and the Knights got chasing. And in doing so, that created those odd man opportunities. And the Knights just never completely caught up. And so it, it kind of changed things. And the early goals, 
a couple of them were through screens. They just found ways in. And because of that, it changed the complexion of probably how the Knights wanted to play. As for the use of Zach Bowen, here's Dale Hunter thinking, you know what? We've got a lopsided score. Let's give Zach Bowen an opportunity to get into the crease where he doesn't have that pressure of, I have to win my first start, or this is my first appearance in an OHL net. You go in, and the game at that point was 6-2. to two. The score was fairly decided, unless there was going to be some big comeback. I really liked what Zach Bowen did. And here's somebody who wasn't drafted as a 16-year-old. So he goes through his 16-year-old year, waits to hear his name, doesn't happen. What does he do? He goes out the next year and he posts 930 save percentages for two teams. He went out and used that as motivation. And you really saw that aggressiveness, that decisiveness. My favorite play last night, Kyle, from Zach Bowen, wasn't even a save. It was where a puck was dribbling down the ice. There was a race for it. And you as a goaltender, I can't imagine how you make this decision. And you can you have to take us through this because there's a race for a puck and it's looking very much like the opposing player is going to win the race and the goaltender has to decide, do I leave my crease? And not only did Zach Bowen leave his crease, he got out and poke checked that puck away and I bet it was only six feet inside the blue line. This was one where he had to make a fast decision. He had to get to that puck and he had to make the play and he did. How as a goalie do you even decide, do I go or don't I? Well, I mean, Mike, that's exactly it is you've got to make the decision. And once you make the decision, you've got to commit to it. And the, the problem where a lot of times our goaltenders get beat is when they go out, they get halfway there and they hesitate and then they're caught in no man's land. And then you're trying to decide, do I get back to the net? Do I try and sprawl out, dive and maybe clip the puck or the player or anything else? But it sounds like with Zach Bowen, he's got a very decisive mindset. The moment he saw the puck coming towards him, he made that decision to go out, play the puck, get it out of the zone. I like that too, because it's a confidence play. It is a, I'm not going to be scared or shelled in my net and not want to leave the territory of my crease. He's comfortable going out of the net. He's comfortable making plays. And again, a 17-year-old listed at 6'2", almost 185 pounds, you just talked about his numbers last year between the EOJHL and the CCHL. He had a combined record of 17 and six. He had a goals against average, basically around two or just under two and a save percentage of 931. And then on top of that, he had a playoff game where he had a 968 save percentage. So like he used last year as motivation and yes, he gave up the late goal to make it seven, two from what I'm seeing here, but the decision you talked about, he's a bigger goalie. He's going to grow and get even bigger. He's very decisive in his net. You said he looked great in goal. I wonder, because we saw this last year with the Knights and Brett Brochu about he was playing game after game after game after game. And eventually it caught up with him. He had an injury. And then the Knights were kind of figuring out who to put in net. I wonder if this takes a little bit of pressure off Brochu. Bowen gets a little bit more confidence in the crease. And maybe this we see a, maybe a little bit of a transition and they use the backup goaltender a little bit more. Maybe. I mean, Brett Brochu is the guy that if you wanted him to play 167 games in a season, he would say, all right, I'm ready. And he would want that. He wants that crease. But sure, having that backup goaltender and, and it's a case of 
when do you get them in? How do you get them in? Ryerson Linders is a great example in Mississauga where the Steelheads have him. He's a 16-year-old goalie, and the first time he went in the net, he lost 6-2. And you worry, okay, does that hurt his confidence? And then he didn't play for a little while, and then he went back in net and had a much better performance the next time. So with young goalies, it's always tough to know. So this almost works out for uh, a positive in in a situation where you didn't get the win and you can take that away as a big positive so the knights now regroup they'll have some video to watch and kyle they get set for the saginaw spirit a home and home yeah this is going to be a, a big weekend for them and you know saginaw obviously got quite a, a solid team they have like 37 goals on the season four scorers mike inside the top 10 of the ohl scoring you've got exceptional status player michael misa i mean they they are like they are set up this season however you there have been some times where these two teams collide and it's almost like london gets a spark after a home and home weekend with these guys it's it's strange. And I would look at times when, yes, they play more than one game against one another. And I think we could go back to three different playoff series. And you can look at a moment in that series where the team has not come of age necessarily, but found a new level. So who knows? This This is one of those things in sports that Maybe you can't explain. It's kind of like trying to figure out why do the Arizona Coyotes go into Toronto and beat the Leafs so often? I think the Coyotes have one of their best road records in the last few years in Toronto. Why does that happen? I don't know. You can't explain it. So it's many 20 times. 20 years, look- Mike. It's 20 years <laughs> it's that 20 years. Arizona has gotten at least a point. In every road game going into Toronto, it's the last time was 2002. That's what Keith Kachuk might have been on that team. Now, both of his sons are playing in the league. So, yeah, you there are things you can't explain. And as much as you know, you'll see on a lot of gambling projections, sometimes they'll say, Well, in the last five years, this team is this against this team. And you think, Yeah, but they're not even the same players. Yeah, but for whatever reason, there's something there. So I'm wondering if there's a little bit of magic in the hat. So let me take you on a journey back in time. In 2009, that was the year the Knights had acquired John Tavares and Michael Delzato and Daryl Borden from the Oshawa Generals. And they went on a run that eventually took them to one of the craziest playoff series ever against the Windsor Spitfires, who ultimately went on to win the Memorial Cup that year. It was the closest five-game playoff series ever because every game went to overtime. But London started off against a plucky Saginaw Spirit team. And although they won that series four straight, Saginaw made them work for it. And this was a team with John Tavares and Michael Delzato and Nazem Kadri and John Carlson. We've got key NHLers on this club. And Saginaw kind of pushed them to that new level. And then three years later, in 2012, there was a moment where if the Knights don't play Saginaw that year, I wonder if they win the OHL championship, because you have a team. And again, 
we look back and see what future NHLers are on this club. The London Knights, I love looking at this list. It's crazy now to think about it. The London Knights had Oli Mata, Scott Harrington, Max Domi, Vladislav Nemesnikov, Jared Tenorti, Austin Watson, Bo Horvat, Chris Tierney, and Josh Anderson on that team, along with players like Greg McKaig and, and Seth Griffith Seth and Griffith, yep. Matt and Ryan Rupert and Michael Hauser in net, who was the Red Tilson Trophy Award winner. So this, this roster is absolutely crazy to look at. But at that time, it wasn't that. It was a young team that was thinking, okay, we've made the second round of the playoffs, get some playoff experience. Next year will be a year when that playoff experience should carry them even further. And they fell behind to the Saginaw spirit. That series started with four straight 5-2 wins, but they fell behind two games to one. And that's when that attitude, especially among Knights fans, crept in where it was, you know, if if they don't win this series, it's okay because look at how young they are. And yet in that game four, the Knights came out and absolutely owned it. They got goals from Josh Anderson, Austin Watson, Vladislav Nemesnikov, and Matt Rupert all in the first period, and they led it 4 nothing. And that was the moment where you look and you went, wow, this young team just took a big step. They just realized what they could do. And they didn't stop from there, and they went on and even beat Dougie Hamilton and that Niagara Ice Dogs team that had 12 draft picks on it. And it was right. that against Saginaw, that game, that moment where they went, hey, we just figured out how to do this. And they went all the way to the Memorial Cup final that year. And then there was another series the next year where, again, the Knights find themselves up against Saginaw, but they're up against Jake Patterson in net, who was a prospect of the Detroit Red Wings. And Jake Patterson was somebody who, you know, was a, a really good goaltender in the league and he caused you issues. And again, in the first round series, first rounds, as we all know, can be a little wild, can be a little unpredictable. And if you're a good team and you're going to be upset, sometimes that first round is the time when it's happening. And the Knights ended up winning that series four straight, but you look at game two, the Knights had to outshoot the Saginaw Spirit 70 to 43 in that game. Now it did go to double overtime, but Jake Patterson made 67 saves and still the Knights found a way to persevere. Chris Tierney scored in double overtime. He was set up by Alex Broadhurst, who had two of the biggest assists that playoff run. Broadhurst was also the guy who set up the Bo Horvat goal with 0.1 seconds left in game seven to eventually win the championship that year. Broadhurst set up Chris Tierney and he scored. So there were moments in all of those series, all against the Saginaw spirit where the Knights went, yeah, this is who we are and this is what we can do. And I really think this Knights team needs a moment like that. And if it's happened three times in the past against the Saginaw spirit, Maybe it happens this weekend. I mean, maybe it does. And it's, I'm, I feel like one of the reasons too is because it's a home and homes. So you get the same team twice. So whether you have a good game in a second game or a good game in the first game, if you don't play well in game one, you make adjustments going into game two. And if you play well in game one, then you, you realize some of the things that are going right for you and you continue that momentum over. I, 
I don't know. I I have that weird feeling now because you've you've outlined what three different situations in which the Knights have had these moments and these players have. A, we've talked about this team as a younger team up front, and we've talked about which players are going to take over and which players are going to ascend themselves and be the guys. They just got Logan Mayu back. They just they we finally got the the first ever appearance of of Zach Bowen in net. We're starting to see the emergence of guys like Sam Dickinson and George Diaco, who's been a big factor on this team so far. And I wonder if this is it, maybe it's the weekend that it all comes together. Who knows? That's what we can't wait to find out. Kyle, as always, this has been a lot of fun. We'll talk next week and we'll break down that weekend and see if maybe there is one of those moments in store for the London Knights. It'll be a lot of fun, Mike. Looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to seeing uh, what happens. And yes, we'll be back on Monday for the show. You can follow us along. Uh, we're posted up on globalnews.ca, our socials at Stubbs, S-T-U-B-B-S 980, and at Kyle Grimard, K-Y-L-E-G-R-I-M-A-R-D. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the slate of games, the home and home with the Saginaw Spirits. And we'll be back with you on Monday. See ya.